Today on Not Sam Wrestling, the road to WrestleMania has officially begun. The 2022 Royal Rumble is officially behind us. What happened? How do we make sense of it? Was it any good at all? This is Not Sam Wrestling. is not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Ooh, I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. Welcome. Episode 380 of Not Sam Wrestling. And yes, I have thoughts. We are hours at the time of this recording removed from the 2022 Royal Rumble. And if there was ever a time that I was happy for Saturday pay-per-views, it's this weekend. It's the Royal Rumble. Because generally speaking, on a Sunday pay-per-view, it means right after the pay-per-view, I'm downstairs in the Nat Sam studio. If you're on Patreon, you know it to be true because you can watch it happen live. And I'm giving you my thoughts about the pay-per-view mere hours before the podcast comes out. On these Saturday pay-per-views, I got a good 18 hours or so to process before I head downstairs and put my thoughts down for all of eternity, for history. I think these podcasts go into some kind of wrestling presidential library or something. I don't know exactly where the library is, but I'm I'm sure that these podcasts are saved for posterity's sake. All that said, I've said before, when wrestling is good, man, I go to bed in a good mood. When wrestling is good, I go to bed, I feel uplifted, I feel like all is right in the world, I feel like everything is going to be okay. With all the madness that is happening around the globe, all the madness that we're exposed to every day, the one thing that can put my soul at rest is a good wrestling show. And if you want me to go to bed thinking about all the madness, if you want me to go to bed thinking things are just not going to be okay, Show me a bad wrestling show. And I'm going to tell you right now, Saturday night I didn't go to bed feeling okay. And I'm going to tell you why I didn't go to bed feeling okay. I'm sure a lot of you watched the Royal Rumble 2022, and I know a lot of you are thinking this because I saw it in my mentions on Twitter, at NotSam. I'd said, make this make sense. Try to spin this one. The WWE shill is going to try to spin this Royal Rumble. Well, let me tell you, first of all, The show and the matches are different. There's a lot to unpack with the whole thing. And I didn't think it was a bad pay-per-view. I thought there there, there were a lot of highlights to the pay-per-view. It was a great way to spend a Saturday night up until, up until the very end, I found that I was really enjoying it as a way to spend a Saturday night. I love the Women's Royal Rumble. I'll get into the whole reasons why, because I know some of you did not. Most of the matches on the show, I thought were, 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 were great. I'm fun, good, you know. I'm going to start with the men's Royal Rumble match. Because to me, the men's Royal Rumble match is, I think, why so many were left with a bad taste in their mouth after this pay-per-view. And and quite frankly, I mean, I don't blame people. Now, maybe this show, for one reason or another, was snake bit from the start. From the WrestleMania 38 sign (laughs) catching on fire twice. I don't know if you guys saw that. The reason there was a big distraction in the crowd during the Becky Lynch dewdrop match is because they had to bring the WrestleMania sign down because when the fireworks went off after Ronda Rousey won the Women's Royal Rumble, it set the WrestleMania sign on fire. <laughs> and and fire started to drip down from the WrestleMania sign. So they had to clear out the section, bring the sign down, put the fire back up, Bring the sign back up. Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble. Fireworks again. Boom. Apparently the sign's back on fire. I wasn't in St. Louis. I can't say that for a fact, but I saw a video of the sign on fire multiple times. The sign being on fire. The Kofi spot being messed up. Out of all the years for the Kofi spot to be messed up, it'd be one thing in 2020, if the Kofi spot was messed up, you'd still have this amazing story told over the course of a 60-minute Royal Rumble match, and it would have been okay. But with all things considered, look, it just felt to me like, and context is important. The context for me here is that expectations have been raised to a huge level for the Royal Rumble, and they should be raised to a huge level for the Royal Rumble. 
We're not living in this spot where it's like, come on, man, it's just the Royal Rumble match. We're just about, no, like the Royal Rumble is one of the biggest single matches of the years, not just in of the year, not just in WWE, but of the entire in the entire professional wrestling industry. Okay, and WWE, if you look at this pay per view schedule that they've got going into 2022, clearly, as a company, they're shifting. There are less pay per views this year. But there are more stadium shows. There are more Saturday night shows. It feels like the WWE is shifting into a company that puts on super shows with regularity. That WrestleMania, it's not like, you know, for a while it was a company that did pay-per-views every year. Then WrestleMania, at some point within the last 10 years, became this show where every year, used to be some years WrestleMania would be huge, other years WrestleMania would be, you know, the biggest pay-per-view of the year, but just the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Sometime within the last 10 years, WrestleMania has become a can't-miss super stadium show. And that WrestleMania energy is starting to be spread out a little bit. And there are more shows happening like that. We talked about it with day one. Day one if you looked at the card on paper, it was a much bigger pay-per-view than a standard kind of one of 12 WWE pay-per-views. It was a bigger show. Royal Rumble, 44,000 people, whatever they said, were there in the in the baseball stadium. A big show, Money in the Banks in a, in a stadium this year. You know, and it's happening in the same month as SummerSlam. Like all this stuff is happening that makes you believe like, okay, WWE is putting their their super show best foot forward. That there is money being put into these shows. That these these are shows that you're going to write home about. You can say what you want about Raw every week. You can say what you want about this, about that. But when these super pay-per-views come, it's going to be a big deal. And clearly that's what they were going for, right? If you look at who some of the surprise entrants were in both matches, if you look at who won both Royal Rumble matches, if you look at the fact that we had Seth Rollins versus Roman and Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley on a pay-per-view that also had two Royal Rumble matches, let's keep in mind, historically, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view was about that Royal Rumble match. There are plenty of pay-per-views. You go back to 1993. You can go to, it's Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon is the main event WWE Championship match. And the reason it's Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon, Razor Ramon is a brand new villain at that time. And the reason he got the world title shot was because, well, it's the Royal Rumble. The headline is going to be the Royal Rumble match so we can take a chance with the title match. We're not in that era anymore. We're in an era where the show is so big, we've got, and, and that's there's one Royal Rumble match. We're in an era where we're going to do a pay-per-view with two Royal Rumble matches and then also all mega matches around every single match on the card was a huge match a Becky Lynch women's championship title defense on pay-per-view regardless of the opponent is going to be a huge match Roman versus Seth Brock versus Bobby Edge and and Beth versus Maurice and Miss these are giant ma- Edge's matches are giant matches these are giant matches Beth coming out of you know, kind of pseudo-retirement to to do this thing. These are huge. So maybe you get to a dangerous place at that point. Maybe expectations become too high and you start thinking about all the possibilities that could happen in the match and, 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 and might happen in the match and the winners that you could have and the surprises that you could have. That's the other thing. I mean, there were so many people talking about so many surprises and I just, I didn't see it. For me, I was not enthralled by the men's Royal Rumble match. I just didn't get enough storytelling in it. You know, I just didn't get throughout the course of the match. I didn't get enough story. I got that at the end, of course, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns story is, is continuing, but I kind of saw the Brock entry coming a mile away. Like you were just waiting for it to the point that when number 30 sounded off, I was like expecting the Brock Lesnar music. And once Brock came out, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Once Brock came out, you were like, okay, I, like I see, I see what, what's happening here. So at that point, the drama was kind of lost for everybody in the match. And, and you know, I, I, because there were so many possibilities 
And because expectations were as high as they were, I started thinking about all the different directions they could go in. Like, I thought that that clearly Roman and Brock was going to be the main event for WrestleMania. I thought that before the Royal Rumble match or anything. Like, I thought that before the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Like, the what's going to be fun about this Royal Rumble is how are we getting to Brock and Roman? But what's happening beyond that? And I was hoping if it weren't Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble, which I'll get to in a minute, I was hoping that we'd see a story get told for whoever was else was going to be fighting for a title at WrestleMania. Like, 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 I started coming up with 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 theories as the match was going on that I had never thought of before. I mean, Rey Mysterio. I started going like, oh my god, can you imagine if Rey Mysterio wins this match and they go to WrestleMania with Rey Mysterio versus Bobby Lashley? Rey Mysterio coming to the end of his career being the 2K cover star so you could tie it in corporately like that. I started, and this is my brain. It fails me every time. It gets me all excited for things that aren't like so clear cut spelled out. Imagine Rey Mysterio going to WrestleMania again. Imagine the story you could tell. And you have a two night WrestleMania where you're doing Brock versus Roman anyway. Everybody knows that's going to happen. So the fact that you've already got Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania means you could do something like that. You've already got Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania. You've already got Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. You've already got Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. You've got all these things that you know are going to sell tickets, plus whatever you're going to pull out of your ass and surprise us with, which they will. WrestleMania is going to be an incredible show. Two nights of it. But you could, if you wanted, tell that story. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's necessary. I'm just saying that that's why this is the one time that it's realistic. And I started thinking to myself, imagine if it was Rey Mysterio. And then his elimination wasn't even on TV. Rey Mysterio, who's won the Royal Rumble. I just did a podcast two weeks ago about why he's Mount Olympus status, Mount Rushmore status, GOAT status. This guy is so underrated, a living legend who is actively competing at one of the highest levels I've ever seen. He's got his son involved. He's got Bad Bunny involved. And then he gets eliminated by Otis. For, and it's not on TV. I think it was by Otis. Nobody saw it. What I, And I know, oh, well, the mistakes are going to happen. They can't. They can't. This is the upper echelon. This is it. This is the premier thing. If I saw an AEW battle royal and there were eliminations not being televised, I'd be all over them. Going like, this, this is rookie stuff. This is why you're not the big leagues. So when I see it in the big leagues, you got to call it out. And you got to call out the fact that two weeks ago on Raw... Ray dips Dominic over the top rope. One week ago on Raw, Dominic tries to dip Ray over the top rope. Ray moves, dips Dominic over the top rope. Again. Why wouldn't you have Dominic eliminate his dad? Why not have Dominic eliminate Ray Mysterio? Why? It's almost like you're strategically avoiding stories. Like, there's no, I'm not going to watch Raw on Monday to be like, oh, I wonder if Rey Mysterio is mad that Otis eliminated him not on TV. Who cares? You don't even have to break, and I get it. You're like, well, we're not breaking up Dominic and Rey, so it's okay. It's okay. You You don't have to break them up. That's not the story you have to tell. It's just like, You know what, Dom? I underestimated you and I'll never do that again, but it's proving to me that you're almost ready for this, blah, blah, blah. And you start to build Dominic as a solo star. You don't have to break up Dominic and Ray, but still, Dominic, you know, Ray gets his comeuppance. Dominic proves something, but no, nope. Mm -mm. AJ just gets eliminated. The whole world was talking about that. The fact that, like, AJ, after having this year of building up Amos, is starting to like dip back into that main event scene, goes to NXT, has a great match with Grayson Waller, beats him, has a great match with Austin Theory, and then goes to the Royal Rumble, number one. It just eliminated halfway through, no big deal. Okay, all right, I guess. Austin Theory. Like, you're doing this whole story with Austin Theory. 
and Mr. McMahon. I love this Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon story. I think it's been doing really great on Raw. You know, I don't know if Finn Balor had to be a casualty to it, but if he is, that's fine. Like, if that's the choice you want to make, I have no problem with that. I'm not sitting here being like, this guy's so good. Why don't you do this guy with this? It's just, if, if you can justify it, I'm fine with it. Personally, I love Finn Balor, so I would prefer to him him not to be a casualty of Austin Theory, but the fact that we're building Austin Theory makes it okay. Austin Theory is amazing. For a guy his age, what he does in the ring, how he comes across as a superstar, how he doesn't feel out of place, how he does the entertainment portions of the show as well, Austin Theory is the whole package. But like... You have Austin Theory go in, and and they did a great job. Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, they did a great job of, like, telling this story of Austin Theory being, like, trying to impress Mr. McMahon, and, and, you know, that is a good thing, but that's a bad thing, and the extra pressure. They told that story, but within the match itself, Austin Theory just did good. He didn't do excellent, and he didn't do poor. He just did good. So what is that? Like, I, I'm not sitting there going, ooh, I wonder what Mr. McMahon's going to say. Okay, you know, you did fine. It's like if he had gotten if he had done well and then gotten eliminated because he was taking a selfie, then Mr. McMahon, oh boy, Mr. McMahon's gonna have his ass. If he had gotten to the final four and then gotten eliminated by Brock, he'd be like, I did well. And Mr. McMahon could be like, You didn't do good enough. Like there's there's stuff there. But I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't see it. I, there's story on the table there that I felt like it was just left behind. I mean, Big E. Big E. Kofi, it was real. It was real. And I saw some people were like, well, you could have just faked it. Like, you couldn't. They did the right thing with Kofi, unfortunately. It's like you watch it. I, you know, they replayed it. And the reason I think that they replayed it is because they were stalling, trying to figure out what they were going to do. But, like, Kofi's feet clearly touch the mat like you can't fake that it's like that sucks but it is what it is you know Austin got eliminated from the rumble one year John Cena and Batista eliminated themselves at the same time one year like you got to call these things on the fly if you see it happen you can't pretend it didn't happen that doesn't work in wrestling so they made the right call by calling it an elimination it was just a bummer I felt really bad for Kofi it had to happen one year, I suppose, but it didn't have to happen one year. Kofi is a magician. Kofi Kingston is magical. What didn't have to happen was Big E just getting dumped out on his head. I mean, talk about a, a non-entity. There's no reason. I don't understand why. Why? Like, there's this whole section of the audience that was there for the potential of Big E being there. And I'm not saying Big E should have won the Royal Rumble because he wasn't my pick, but I do think that you could have told a story behind maybe the person who eliminated him. Maybe he makes it to the final four. Maybe he has this moment. Maybe he has a series of eliminations. Something. There's plenty of ways to look like a star or to come out of the Royal Rumble with a big-time storyline without winning the match. I'll tell you what I did like. I thought I thought the both celebrity involvement sections were excellent. You know, I, I thought you couldn't ask for more from either Johnny Knoxville or Bad Bunny, who like Bad Bunny, mwah, chef's kiss. If you as a wrestling fan aren't elated at the idea that Bad Bunny gets these opportunities as opposed to, I, I don't know what to tell you because Bad Bunny is just the greatest. I was watching, here's here's what makes San Benito so great. I'm watching it uh, with my wife and Brock Lesnar is staring down Bad Bunny and my wife goes, oh, is he just going to eliminate himself? Flashback to Drew Carey and Kane and I go, no, I don't think he is. Because that would be a very celebrity thing to do, to just eliminate yourself. The fact that Bad Bunny, who's got a stadium tour coming up, like Pat McAfee called it, he's got a b -b 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 billion fans, and he takes the F5, you couldn't ask for anything more. Bad Bunny, he was involved. He eliminated some people. He took bumps. He did moves. He looked like he fit in there. Just like he, everything else he's done in the WWE. Bad Bunny, you could put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Bad Bunny might be the best celebrity combatant in the history of WWE. I mean, 
there's I'm, I'm thinking right now as we speak, and I'm sure you'll have plenty. You can tweet me at NotSam. Email me, NotSamWrestling at gmail.com. I'm sure that there are some that I'm missing. But, I mean, he's just so good. In everything that he's done, the, the, the WrestleMania match was good, everything. So, love Bad Bunny. And Johnny Knoxville was great. You know why? Because he took the punishment. Johnny Knoxville, and that's what he should do, man. If you have a guy in the Royal Rumble whose claim to fame is that he let a bull gore him in the testicles, Johnny Knoxville did a thing in Jackass where a bull gored his testicles. He had to walk around with a catheter for, I think, like years, okay? This is a guy who will take a bump. So if he's willing to do this on Jackass and went into the Royal Rumble and didn't do anything, it, I would have been disappointed. The fact that not only did he do stuff, but he did a lot made me smile. I grew up with Johnny Knoxville. I grew up a Jackass fan. And I think that Johnny Knoxville is owed our respect because he took bumps from everybody. He took everybody's move. And the fact that, like, you know, he was letting people clothesline his face off. Montez dropped that uh, five-star frog splash on him. Might be a six-star frog splash when Montez does it. My God, the athletics on that guy. But Johnny Knoxville deserves a lot of credit. Both Bad Bunny and Johnny Knoxville. Excellent, excellent, excellent. But, you know, I mean, I, I thought that, that especially, especially after the moments created in the women's Royal Rumble match, I really thought we would see one or two surprises. We It was nothing in that department. Shane O'Mac is a surprise, but it's like, okay, that's cool. I'm never going to be sad to see Shane O'Mac. Here Comes the Money is never not going to get a reaction. If I was sitting in that stadium when Here Comes the Money came in, yeah, I would have flipped out a little bit, but it's almost like that's uh, that's icing. Like, that's a little bit of decoration. Drew McIntyre, I guess, was a surprise. That was cool. But again, like I don't I don't know how many people didn't expect Drew McIntyre to be in the Rumble match, you know? I don't know. It wasn't like it was John Cena coming back in, in, in Madison Square Garden. I think a lot of people were like, yeah, there's at least a 50% sh- shot that Drew McIntyre comes back. And he did. And I mean, it was cool. It's good to have Drew back. But it wasn't one of these like, oh, my God, this is why we watch the Royal Rumble type of moments. You know what I mean? You know, other than... I guess Brock winning. And if getting mainstream press out of the Royal Rumble is your goal, then this is definitely a successful Royal Rumble. You can't, you're not going to argue that. Brock Lesnar is a mainstream guy. It's going to end up on SportsCenter in newspapers. It's going to get that mainstream press. Bad Bunny taking the F5 is going to get that mainstream press. It will be successful in that respect. Oh, I made my wife sit through the entire Royal Rumble and now... I've got hell to pay, or I could make it count. Luckily, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm going to make it count. For my wife, I would suggest you do the same for the person in your life, and Steven Singer is going to help us both out. I know Steven Singer is going to help us out, but every time I go to Philly, I see on the billboards, I hear on the radio, I hate Steven Singer. I'm not the one who hates Steven Singer. You're not the one who's going to hate Steven Singer. It's the other jewelers that hates Steven Singer. Why? Because Steven Singer has the best Valentine's Day gift ever. Other jewelers can't compete. See, Steven Singer and I are here to tell you about the best Valentine's Day gift of all time. I want you to picture this, a real long stem American Beauty Rose lavishly and deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold. It lasts forever. You heard right. And they start at just 59 bucks. His beautiful Valentine's Day red rose won't wilt. It won't die. It doesn't even need water. The number one gift that all women want. It's unique. It's special. It lasts forever. They come with your own personalized love note in Steven's, sign- in Steven's signature gift box. And it's shipped for free. Starting at only $59. Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com or visit his showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You can see what I'm talking about for yourself. Real roses from a real jeweler for your real love. Steven Singer Jewelers, that's IHateStevenSinger.com. But there's no reason 
you can't do both. There's no reason you can't get that main. That's when when wrestling is running on all cylinders. When WWE, because nobody does it better than WWE. When WWE is running on all cylinders, they're doing things that get them on SportsCenter and get them in the mainstream press while at the same time hooking fans of the week-to-week product. That should be the goal. You can absolutely do both. And the way you do both is huge moments combined with compelling storytelling. I'm on such a storytelling kick lately because it's the same. It's television writing. It's compelling storytelling. You've got an hour to tell as many stories as humanly possible. Send Veer, for God's sake, do I have to spell it out? I don't care if you're not going to use him going forward. I don't care if he's never going to show up again. But just for the moment, just for the pop, put Veer in that match to pop the internet. There's no, That's the beauty of the Royal Rumble. You've got an hour and 30 entrants to pop SportsCenter and the New York Post and the USA Today and then also pop the internet. You pop everybody. Put Veer in there and Bad Bunny. Why not? You know who I really wish they had gotten? I wish, I wish Matt Cardona had made an appearance in the Royal Rumble. I know it's far-fetched. But even if he'd come out as Zack Ryder, even if radio tells me everything I know was what was playing, just because... He's had such a presence on the wrestling internet that, yeah, I mean, like, Sports Center wouldn't cover it, right? It's not going to make the newspapers or anything like that, but it would send a message to the wrestling community as a whole that, while, yes, we are out here getting these mainstream media hits, and yes, we are out here making huge mainstream waves, we also see you. And we see what's going on in the wrestling world. And we're in touch there too. That's just the beauty of the Royal Rumble. You can have your one foot in this puddle and one foot in that puddle. There's nothing that says you can only do one of those two things. And I think Cardona would have been the way to go. Nobody is making an impact right now, especially coming off of WWE the way Matt Cardona is. I think that if, if he were in the Rumble, it would just be a situation that benefited both parties. And who knows, maybe he was asked and he decided he didn't want to do it. I have no idea. It's just a thought that occurred to me as I'm watching the show. You know, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, talking about storytelling, all of his independent matches, the reason people have talked about them is because there's stories behind them and he, and he pushes these stories out on social media. But I think that it would have been one of these things that puts the feather in his cap so that he can go around and continue what he's doing and talk about the fact that he was in the Royal Rumble and, whatever indie guy he's wrestling wasn't in the Royal Rumble and it makes him better than them. And WWE gets that 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 credit for knowing what's going on. And, you know, the same thing. I think that the Mickey James inclusion into the Royal Rumble match was not just because it's so cool to have another champ, another promotions champion in your match, but the idea that we realized that the WWE does find a value in her like the WWE sees what we see you know that I think that connection bills and I feel like WWE being like look I mean he ain't come back full time but we see what Cardona is doing out there we like it and and this is why we're putting him in I think that that would benefit both parties and I think that people would go nuts for it and he's not gonna win obviously you know he's gonna get eliminated Brock could throw him out himself I'd be fine if Brock threw him out but it would just, it, it would be a moment, right? It's all about the moments. I just, I felt like we could have had more moments in the men's match. I even, like for me, Brock wasn't the, I didn't want, I didn't want Brock to win the match because of the scenario itself. I had a completely different scenario in mind for where I would have liked to have seen this thing gone and it would have brought us to the same place. I really feel like you could have told the exact same story, but throw that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I had no problem whatsoever with Ronda Rousey winning the Women's Royal Rumble. I wasn't a fan of Brock Lesnar winning the Men's Royal Rumble. And I'll tell you what I'm worried about. Because I know that a lot of the complaints I have are fans that are complaints that 
other wrestling fans have, there's a huge risk that Lesnar's going to start getting booed. All this goodwill that you've created for Brock Lesnar, I hope it's not going to get spoiled because of the stuff that we've been talking about today, because it might. Personally, I think that you got the winners in the wrong spots at the Royal Rumble on Saturday night. Here And here's why, because a lot of people thought I was crazy, and I tweeted this out. First of all, I still think that even with the matches going the way the matches went, it would have been a little bit more interesting to get a feeling of who Bobby Lashley's opponent might be at WrestleMania and to give a guy from Raw the rub at the Royal Rumble as opposed to, you know, making it about Brock and Roman again because Brock and Roman is a foregone conclusion. But personally, I think that Roman should have been the one that lost and Brock should have won. And I posted that, and a lot of people think it's crazy. A lot of people think it's backwards. But here's 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 why that's a better scenario for me. For Brock versus Roman to be compelling, it is the exact opposite of the traditional Brock Lesnar match. Brock Lesnar matches become uninteresting when there is no way that Brock Lesnar is going to lose. Right, You have to somehow in your storytelling, because that's the given. Brock Lesnar wins so much. Brock Lesnar beats everybody. You have to somehow convince me that this may be the one that he loses. When it's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, that's reverse. I don't think anybody thinks that Brock Lesnar beats Roman Reigns this time. I think that we're, 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 we've gotten to this place where Roman is stacking up Edge and Daniel Bryan. Roman is beating John Cena. Roman beat Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Roman beats everybody. That's what he does. He wins his matches against everybody. So I think you've got to create that seed of doubt that Roman, that run may be over and that Brock is so good as a good guy that we may be going with Brock here. Now, I think that the reason that Brock should not have lost to Bobby Lashley is because Brock is really good in real life. Brock is really good at making stars out of people in his matches and beating them. Brock makes people look good in those matches. People don't say that about Brock enough. I think people are finally starting to wake up to it. But in a lot of Brock matches, he's made people look really, really good. He made AJ Styles look good. He made Rey Mysterio look like a million bucks. He made Dominic Mysterio look good. He made Finn Balor look good. He made Samoa Joe look amazing. This is what Brock does more often than not. So you could have easily had a match where Bobby Lashley looked amazing and just didn't quite make it. Like, and Brock could have just pulled off an F5, gotten the pin count, and had this look on his face like, oh my God, dude, I didn't think I had that one. Especially as a baby face now, Brock could have pulled that off easily. He's just that good. He's incredible. And then Bobby Lashley shows up on Raw, and the story is that, look, he took Brock to the limit, right? And you still get him back in that main event scene. I think Bobby Lashley as a champion is a good thing. I think Roman losing and then Roman going to the Royal Rumble and then Roman winning the Royal Rumble works for a couple of reasons. Number one, Roman winning the Royal Rumble works better for me than Brock winning the Royal Rumble because if people were pissed, it doesn't matter. Great, even better if people are pissed because that's what feeds the Roman character. This point, like if this is, if Roman has just won the Royal Rumble again, And it's like, this sucks. Now, this is exactly the feeling that we want for Roman Reigns. That's that that feeling of like just letting the air out of the tires. That's what you want where it's like, oh my God, there really is no stopping this guy. I think that that especially with the uh, amount that was made of Roman having this epic title run, the names that were mentioned of, uh, that, that had any title run whatsoever as long as Roman Reigns. Pedro Morales, Bruno San Martino, this is the class that Roman Reigns is in with. 
and the fact that nobody has had a universal title run like this and we're counting the days now and everything. I think having Seth upset this, and that's what it would be. It would be an upset. I would have this match go where where Seth gets lucky. Roman makes one mistake, and this will be the only mistake that Roman has made in his entire run. Roman makes one mistake, and Seth is able to capitalize on it and pin it. And Seth can't believe he did it, and Roman can't believe he did it. And I think that that, that would highlight the story that you told going into this match. And as the opening match would really make you feel like anything can happen on this show. After the Royal Rumble, Roman wins the Rumble match. So he still leaves victorious. And Seth goes to SmackDown. We put Ronda Rousey on SmackDown. Roman goes to Raw. I think Raw could use the injection of Roman Reigns. I think with Seth and Ronda, and a couple of other people, I guess Big E's on SmackDown now, SmackDown would be just fine, especially with Ronda. And for the build to WrestleMania, have Roman there, and the reason Roman can be there is because he won the Royal Rumble, and he gets to pick his opponent now, and he's going to pick the Raw champion, the WWE champion, who is still Brock Lesnar. Now, Roman quickly, when he gets to Raw, mentions he made one mistake and that'll never happen again and he's going to prove it at WrestleMania and he goes right for Brock Lesnar. There is no communication between Seth and Roman. Seth is not on SmackDown bragging about beating Roman. Seth doesn't even talk about Roman. We move right to the next thing and that's going to be Seth defending the title against somebody at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and then the Elimination Chamber match happening to determine who is going to challenge Seth for the, w, for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. And that could be Bobby Lashley because the idea of Bobby Lashley being a babyface and Seth being a heel at WrestleMania, it could be perfect. I mean, Seth as the Joker and Bobby Lashley as the hero. And then after Elimination Chamber, you got Bobby Lashley and Seth telling their story on SmackDown. And you've got Roman and Brock Lesnar telling their story on Raw. And again, Seth and Roman are completely separated. Roman goes to WrestleMania and he beats Brock. And so Roman going forward is the man. And eventually, maybe it's SummerSlam, maybe it's Survivor Series, we finally get back to Seth and Roman Reigns. And as good as that story was going into the Royal Rumble match, it's so much better now. Because Roman needs to get that victory back. So now we've got two match, we got two moments where we've provided a seed of doubt. We've got the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match where now you know that Roman lost to Seth at the Royal Rumble. So this idea that Roman never loses is gone. So going into WrestleMania, maybe he's going to lose again to Brock. The victory over Brock is what's going to put him back on course as the person who never loses. But you need that seed of doubt to make WrestleMania uh, uh, compelling. Then... Seth versus Roman, way down the road, you've got that seed of doubt because Roman actually has something to prove, which almost is never the case in Roman matches. It's usually somebody else is trying to beat Roman, not the other way around. And right now, I, I, I for me, I think that's the way I would have liked to see it go. I think that's the way you still could have gotten all the same matches and just had much more meaningful Results because now you've got, you know, you've got the seed of doubt with Brock Lesnar. But I don't, I, I, I don't think you need that. Like, I, I, seeing Brock Lesnar lose matches is like, this is why he beat the streak. So he could never lose matches. Like, everything is supposed to be much more meaningful. He's, he's losing every match that he's scheduled for. Now, I'll tell you why I liked the women's match. Uh, let me, let me go over. So that, so that said, the Roman Seth match was fantastic. The Roman-Seth match at Royal Rumble was incredible. That was a storytelling match. The go-home promo was fantastic. The match itself was great. I didn't like the finish because it felt like a cop-out to me. I felt like Roman losing by DQ. I I felt like it did not keep Seth strong because I would imagine that that's the intention, right? That you're keeping Seth strong 
by not actually having Roman be able to beat this guy. But Seth is still unconscious. Seth is still getting the life choked out of him. Like, maybe Roman didn't beat Seth, but Seth did not beat Roman. Roman beat Seth worse than Seth beat Roman. So that's why, to me, that that one last second, I would have changed it. But everything else, I thought was beautiful. Seth coming out in the in the Shield uniform, I thought was incredible. Seth doing the laugh. I love this version of Seth Rollins, like inching toward the Joker. I thought we were going to inch toward more of a babyface Seth Rollins. I feel like we're going even more to the heel side. He sounds like Vincent Price on a Michael Jackson record, Thriller, when he laughs. I, I love it. I love what Seth Rollins is doing right now. Um... And I want more of it. And I, I would I, I would have changed the finish, but everything else, perfect. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Not Sam Wrestling. While you're here, don't forget to please subscribe to this podcast. Don't just download it. Subscribe wherever it is that you got this podcast. And if it's on Apple Podcast, leave a five-star rating and a review. It helps the podcast more than you know. While you're subscribing to things, make sure that you visit us at youtube.com slash Wrestling and hit the subscribe button there. We've got every interview as well as podcast specials going up every single week for free at youtube.com slash Wrestling. And if you want even more Not Sam Wrestling, if one show a week does not suffice, become a Not Sam shill at patreon.com slash Wrestling. We do a bonus episode every single week. You can watch the podcast get recorded live every single week video of everything that we do, opportunities for Zoom calls, and of course, for everybody that signs up as a Not Sam show, you get every Not Sam Wrestling podcast early and 100% ad-free. Thank you for listening to the show and for your continued support of Not Sam Wrestling. Trying to go for, after after being like laid out by Roman, still trying to go for that shield fist bump and just being inside Roman's head. Beautiful, beautiful, masterful, loved it. I loved Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I thought that was a great match. Literally, I and and like Heyman changing on Lesnar. It was uh, uh, Heyman turning on on Lesnar. It was the only other way to go. I said either either Brock beats Lashley. Either you go with my scenario where Brock beats Lashley and Roman loses, or Paul Heyman turns on Brock and Roman interferes. Like that, it was only going to go one of two ways, right? So once Roman left the Royal Rumble with the title, I said, yeah, I mean, Heyman's turning on Brock. That wasn't, but still, I mean, I thought if that's the way you're going to go, great. Storytelling was great. Yeah, I had no problem with that match other than I would have liked Bobby Lashley to lose. I would have, yeah, I would have liked Bobby Lashley to lose so that my bigger picture thing, but I had no problem. I was great match. Loved it. Loved it. I thought... Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop, I felt real bad for him because they had to, you know, deal with the fact that the sign was on fire and the crowd was distracted for a lot of that match. But uh, I thought Becky, I mean, Becky always delivers. Becky's incredible. And I loved that Dewdrop got as much time as she did to show how good she is. You know, I Dewdrop is so good. And I don't have a problem calling her Dewdrop. Some people refuse to call her Dewdrop. That's her name. Who cares what her name is? She's awesome. Like, that's how good Dewdrop is. Dewdrop can get away with being called Dewdrop because she's so excellent. I'm I'm such a fan, and I thought the match was great. And then, yeah, the mixed tag I thought was super fun. The mixed tag was exactly what it should have been. Edge and Beth were great together. Edge getting to, you know, carry his kid back down uh, to the locker room, down the aisle. I saw this great picture of it. Um... Yeah, I mean, it, it was what I thought it would be, and it was what it should be. It was a feel-good, fun, this is awesome. I wish Edge and Beth Phoenix were my mom and dad. Perfect. All good. All good. No problem with it whatsoever. Now, some people did not, some people were really mad about the women's Royal Rumble match. I was not. Um, I thought that Ronda coming out was a moment. You know, Ronda coming out was different than Brock coming out. Brock coming out, I thought, was a foregone conclusion. Ronda coming out, it was one of those, like, last-minute rumors. I think uh, Fightful was maybe the first place. Sean Ross Sapp was maybe the first place that I read it was even a possibility. Uh, And it was one of those things that people started talking about on, like, Thursday or Friday. Maybe Friday. It was, like, late in the week. Where it was like, oh, that's that's a scenario? And I said, I, I don't remember, I did several podcasts last week. So shout out to 
After the Bell, shout out to Mac Mania, shout out to Wade Keller, and shout out to Busted Open. I did all four of those shows last week before the Rumble. So uh, download all those podcasts if you want to hear what I thought. I talked about not only the Royal Rumble, but about my experience at uh, the world on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But I thought Ronda coming out was still a surprise. Like, it was one of those things that it wasn't completely out of nowhere, but very, very far from a foregone conclusion. Uh, I got no problem with her winning because she's sticking around. Ronda has a history of sticking around. I fully believe that Ronda uh, being there will, her winning the match will not only create a big main, a big women's match at WrestleMania, which I think is important, because Ronda not only gets mainstream press, but Ronda's very good. You know, Ronda, Ronda, I don't know, it felt a little like they were going back to trying to get her to be a babyface. I don't think that's going to work, but Ronda is really good. So, I mean, Ronda belongs in main events and winning matches in WWE. She's born for this. She's awesome. So I, I had no, the idea that Ronda is going to main event WrestleMania is an extreme net positive as far as I'm concerned, especially because we won't have seen her in two years. You know, it's been almost two years since she lost to Becky Lynch. And at some point, the conversation about her shoulders not being on the mat are going to come up. I don't know if that's going to lead into WrestleMania. It felt more like they were headed towards a Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte match. But if we're going to get Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte, because I don't, having Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, I don't think takes any obvious name. Like, there are preferences people could have. I'm sure people would have loved to see, like, Sasha Banks or Bailey come back or Naomi or something like that to face uh, Charlotte. But honestly, like, there is still space for Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch to have a main event match. If you can do a two-night WrestleMania where you've got Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch and you've got Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey, if that's where you're going to go, I think that that's a net positive. Um, I think it was a moment when Ronda came out. That's why I tweeted, Ronda Rousey creates moments. Because it was like, yep, this is a moment. I loved Shayna Baszler coming out and Ronda smiling when Shayna Baszler came out. Because there was this point, and then, like, there was this point in the very beginning where I was like, I, I like the idea of Ronda and Shayna. Because we haven't seen Ronda and Shayna either together or against each other. Shayna was in NXT when Ronda was last in WWE. So the idea that Ronda and Shayna could now team up and just run roughshod over the women's division, I'm down for that. I like the idea of that. A two-lady power trip, Ronda and Shayna Baszler, love it. Um, I also love that, you know, after taking everybody out together, they were left standing there and it was like, oh shit, are we going to see Ronda and, and Shayna duke it out right now, and then it got broken up. They teased us a little bit, and then it got broken up. Again, this is storytelling. This is good stuff. I liked it. Um, I thought they were really smart to not have Ronda eliminate Bianca Belair because that would have been a big-time heat moment. That would have been people getting very, very upset. Smart. Uh, yeah, and then I Ronda winning, I was like, that's why you bring Ronda back. You bring Ronda back to win. Um. You know, I, I I expected Sasha Banks to last longer in the match, to tell you the truth. She lasted a while, but I expected her to last longer. I liked her coming out at number one. Uh, I was happy for Melina that she got lots of good moments. Lots of good moments with people coming out. I was happy for Melina. Really happy for I was actually really happy for Cameron. Cameron got a nice reaction. I was happy for that. Uh, it was cool to see Summer Rae. Um, I thought I was great. Lita had a great run in there. Mickey James. I mean... Can we not say more about Mickey James? I, I, there, there's never enough. Mickey James coming out there, and she actually pulled it off. What she talked about, I think, last week here on the podcast, which is not only wearing the Impact Knockouts World Championship title to the ring, but four, three, two, one, meh, hardcore country. And it was like, hell yeah, Mickey James coming out to hardcore country. I didn't think she was going to be able to pull that one off, to tell you the truth. I thought she was going to be able to pull off coming out with the Impact Championship, but I thought we were going to hear Mickey James' WWE music 
The fact that she pulled off hardcore country and she came out in the hardcore country gimmick and everything got a huge, huge reaction, spent some time in the ring. Uh, you know, I, I thought she, yeah, she, that, that was history making. That was a big, big deal. That made me happy as a wrestling fan. It made me happy that Mickey James got that moment because I don't think she got nearly enough moments when she returned last. I think that, I think Mickey James is just very underrated, very underrated. And so I was really happy that she got that time. Um, I loved the mighty Molly, uh, Nikki Ash moment, you know, their interaction together. I thought that was perfect. And the idea that like mighty Molly is actually a fake superhero and Nikki Ash is a fake crazy superhero. I thought, I just think that's super fun. I think Nikki Ash as a heel has a lot of potential. A lot of, I think that this is, this is the way to go with this character now. And to me, aside from Ronda, obviously who won a true MVP of this women's Royal Rumble match. And one of the people who I think WWE needs to look at long and hard as should we keep this person around a lot longer is Ivory. The idea that not only was Ivory in this match, but she came out as right to censor Ivory. I had no idea how much I wanted right to censor Ivory back in my life. But once I saw her, I was like, yes, please, more and more and more. And then I went to W. the fact that she had the microphone the whole time and she was like this boomer just coming out and talking about how nothing's changed and blah, 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 and these women are inappropriate and da-da-da, great. I thought that was all great. The fact that she held the microphone the whole time and even through her elimination was holding onto that microphone and yapping nonstop I thought was brilliant. I loved, loved the ivory bit. I loved it so much that I actually went on to WWE's YouTube and saw the, the, the interview that she did after the match. And when she was complaining about this generation of women, I'm sitting there going like, look, I see opportunity. I try not to miss out on opportunities. Okay. And you know, I've thought I've made it very clear how much I like storytelling. Okay. That you have ivory right now couldn't be more perfect and i'll tell you why sonia deville is in this position right where she's clearly clearly gone mad with power she has put herself into the royal rumble match she is interfering with a superstar's career physically i mean her prejudice against naomi has made it so that she is an ineffective executive any executive in any company, when you if you notice the personal vendetta that this executive clearly has for this employee, you can't have you can't trust this executive in her position anymore. There is no reason why Vince McMahon should not come out and say, Sonia Deville, you're fired. Fire Sonia Deville from her position as GM or whatever she is, you know, authority figure. And put her back as being a superstar. Obviously, don't take her off TV because Sonya Deville is gold. But put her just as a superstar now. Take her out of the authority figure position because now we're invested in this Naomi story. And, it, you know, the double dipping thing is too much. Then you have Vince explain that he doesn't trust Adam Pierce to run things on his own. Then... You have Austin Theory look excited because he thinks it's going to be him that gets Sonya Deville's job. Then Vince says, not you, you idiot. You're a superstar yourself. You're, you know, calls him a moron for thinking it's going to be him. Then he hires Ivory. I mean, dude, Ivory in her right to censor gimmick, being an out of control authority figure, it's not going to be a forever thing. It might be six months. It might be a year. But for a period of time, I think Ivory as a boomer authority figure would be gold. There has never been a more appropriate time to remove Sonya Deville from her position as GM. Especially when you have somebody that could fill that gap immediately doing something that hasn't really been done before, right? 
Like you're not taking Ivory in this character. She's done this character before, but never with real authority. And now she would. And I mean, if you want, you could say Ivory is in charge of the women. You know, Adam Pierce is in charge of the men, but I would just have them be co-in charge. And then I would have their roles kind of uh, uh, morph so that Adam Pierce is more of a like assistant to Vince yes man guy. And Ivory is the one that was brought in for her brain. And it's very frustrating to Adam Pierce. He's got to sit there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Ivory, Mr. McMahon just trusts to run the show with her own judgment. That's the dynamic I would love to see. But I mean, look, that's I left the rumble going like, yep, hold on to Ivory. She is just gold. So look, in terms of the full pay-per-view, I enjoyed myself. I liked the pay-per-view. I had a good time watching it. Great Saturday night. Unfortunately, the men's match and the lack of anything happening in that, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. It was a rumble. And I wish that that we had hit a nice crescendo. I wish that it built and built and built and you just had something. I wanted spectacular. That's all. And what we got was stuff leading up to it that was very good. And then once we got to the men's rumble match, we just weren't telling stories anymore. But we'll see what happens, man. I have no doubt that we're going to get those stories going into WrestleMania. I have no doubt that we're going to build a, 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 a two-night WrestleMania show that's going to be phenomenal. Um... You know, I, I I think that that's what WWE is is pretty good at coming from behind and knocking people's socks off. And I think we're fitting to get our socks knocked off as we launch towards WrestleMania. It is officially the best time of the year to be a fan. We are in Royal Rumble to WrestleMania season, which means we're going to have a lot to cover. So make sure if you want more from Not Sam Wrestling, you sign up to patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Get that bonus episode of Not Sam Wrestling every single week. Don't forget too, by the way, if you're sitting there going, hey, who does this guy think he is? Where does Sam Roberts get off thinking he can book a Royal Rumble match? Let me tell you something, Buster. I can fantasy book with the best of them. Yes, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Ultimate Show has got a second season. It is the most ridiculous thing that this is a show. It makes me so happy. It's a fantasy booking show. It's on Peacock or the WWE Network. They also put it up on all of WWE's digital platforms so you can get it on the WWE's YouTube channel. Uh, but it's called The Ultimate Show. This weekend, Ultimate Royal Rumble 2 went up. And it is so fun. It's such a mental exercise. The way it works, It's this time it was me, Matt Camp, and Ryan Popola. Uh, Kaz, I believe, will be back for the next episode of Ultimate. And we sit there and we do it. The first half of the show is the Ultimate Women's Royal Rumble. The second half of the show is the Ultimate Men's Royal Rumble. And the first half or quarter or third or whatever it was is the three of us put together the list of 30 people that would be in that match. And then the rest of the segment is me on the fly fantasy booking that Rumble match. Now, of course, I can't do it without the help of Matt Camp and Ryan Papola, but it's we're literally just on the fly coming up with the 30 names. That's a little bit we can prepare a little bit more, you know. You there's not a, I mean there's a debate but with 30 spots, there's certain men and women that definitely deserve those spots and everybody kind of comes. It's usually those last like five to 10 that end up being the debate. We also had power numbers this time. So like each person got to put one in at a certain spot that was inarguable, which for the men's drove me crazy for one of them. You'll see it if you watch the show. But yes, on the fly, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is a show. It's so much fun. Fantasy booking, two Royal Rumble matches completely on the fly. Check them out. I'd love to know what you think. Go on Peacock, WWE Network, whatever you got. Search The Ultimate Show and go to The Ultimate Royal Rumble 2. A year ago, we did the very first Ultimate Show. It was The Ultimate Royal Rumble. We're now a year removed from that. And we've got Ultimate Royal Rumble 2. Hopefully to be followed by many more Ultimate Shows this year. So check them out. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You know, I said that I was at the World on GCW show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, this week, 
an interview with the Grim Reefer, who's just an, a legend on the East Coast Independence. Uh, I interviewed the Grim Reefer at the Hammerstein. That's going to be a YouTube exclusive. It's going to go up on Patreon first and then later this week at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. So make sure that you're subscribed to that YouTube page. If you're listening on Apple Music or on Spotify, Spotify, you can now put a rating in for a podcast. So if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and uh, hit those stars or whatever they've got, the maximum stars. If you can give me five stars, give me five stars. Do that on Spotify. We'll see you next week here on Not Sam Wrestling. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.